Hey, this is Hillary Crowley and welcome to the Good Energy Healing Show. Happy to have you here. We're going to start off with a little exercise that has everything to do with good energy and focus. Um, wherever you are right now, um, if your eyes are open, whether you're driving or doing dishes or taking a walk, I want you to think about just finding a point in front of you that you gently focus on. Um, if you are imagining this in your mind's eye uh, with your eyes closed or if you have any impairment of sight, I want you to just imagine in your head some kind of a shape or object that you can just rest your eyes on. So you can do this with your eyes open or your eyes closed or with your imagination. As you're doing so, I want you to think about the edges of your consciousness, the peripheral vision, to say this as a um, term for sight or how you see. And through your peripheral vision, I'd love you to think about um, five things that you see in the peripheral of your sight line or the peripheral of your imagination. Just walking, breathing, moving, or sitting still, take a moment to find five things in your peripheral vision. And now, as you're ready, you may have headsets on. You may want to uh, release one, one ear from your headset if you're listening to this. And um, think about four things that you can hear. Four different things that you can hear. It might be the syllables of my voice. It might be the sound of the weather around you, a breeze, a raindrop, maybe a sound of humanity, a car. What could that be? A truck, a rattle, a sound of nature, a dog barking. Just notice what comes to you. I will leave you for a moment without my voice and take in four things. Nice work. Now I want you to imagine or become aware, I should say, of three things that your body can feel. And that doesn't mean the emotions on the inside. It doesn't mean anything that is uh, feels like um, happening to you. It's actually the tactile feeling. What do you feel? So you might notice uh, the texture of your clothing. You might notice what your feet are feeling beneath their soles. Do you have socks on or you're barefoot? If you are, what, what, is, what is around your feet? Your hands, you might want to notice what you're touching. You might want to notice what you feel. What does your back feel? Are you leaning up against anything? Are you sitting on anything? What do you feel? If you're driving in a car, how does that feel differently? Are you feeling the seat? Are you feeling the vibration of the road underneath you? There you go. Five things in your peripheral vision. Four things that you're aware of that you can hear. And three things that you are aware of that you can feel the texture of. Welcome. Welcome to awareness. Today we're talking about synchronicity. 
and we're talking about serendipity. And I want to follow up actually to, uh, I'm having like a little follow-up session with you today. So a couple of episodes back, I talked about my bike being stolen and I, and I left the episode with this notion that I was going to follow up to the thief of my bike and see if um, we could figure out what his needs were. I know it's a he because we got, we got the bike and he, he was identified. And I had sort of promised to myself that I would follow up and perhaps speak to this person um, who rode my bike without permission and claimed it to be his own when approached by an officer and eventually surrendered the bike. So that's all I know about this person. And I was going to follow up. Well, it turns out that um, they could not be found. This person could not be found. And um, when we spoke to the police officer in charge, uh, she indicated that the uh, person had left town, um, had moved on to their next uh, place of being. So I was not able to find this person. Um, They they did not report to court either. Um, And so the best I can do and the good energy of all this is let bygones be bygones and send out the best of intentions that um, no harm but good comes from um, the next phase of the incident um, so that lessons were learned and less harm is done. Maybe even good came out of it. Who knows? And I can only say who knows because I don't know who knows. Um, the episode right after that one, which is the one in order, uh, the last one I recorded, I told a story about, um, two clients coming in back to back, uh, talking about, uh, the farmer and the serene story of it's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And, and that experience I needed to follow up as well because, the second client who came in actually had a name for this um, story, and it was about the farm farmer and the land of serendipity. Now that is getting confused with something else. Um, another story, I believe, that involves three princes. However. I want to back up to my true stories and my true story is that I had a client tell me that this story of the farmer who had um, neighbors putting pressure on him to say, you've had the greatest luck in the world. You've had the worst luck in the world. And this is the farmer that refused to ride the pendulum of extremes and just stayed with the not good, not bad, just is not good, not bad, just is. Apparently, that concept is connected to serendipity. And serendipity means when a good thing happens to you without expectation. It happens unexpectedly. A good thing happens to you. Now, I love words, and I see the word serene inside of the word serendipity. It isn't even necessarily highlighted when I looked it up in the etymology, Um, which surprised me, but I see the word serene inside of serendipity, serendipity as something serendipitously happened to us. Like, Oh, a good thing happened that we didn't expect. 
I want to pull in the idea of synchronicity and serendipity and see how this weaves a beautiful tapestry together for us. Synchronicity also sort of has this word inside of it, which is not sort of, it definitely has the word sync, to be in sync, synchronicity. And this beautiful story about how we um, can synchronize by allowing for one thing to happen on one part of our consciousness and one thing to happen in another part of our consciousness and they synchronize, they happen together. Um, Some would say they happen at the same time. I don't necessarily think that's what synchronicity has to do with, especially when we speak about it in terms of the hero's journey, which means, oh, this is interesting. I was thinking of this incident and then this incident occurred. And so I had a coincident, which was the um, coming together of two incidences in syncopation, I guess I would say. Um, and that that becomes synchronized. So there you go, all those languages and wording about synchronicity and serendipity and serenity and syncing. There we go. So the reason why I bring this all up is because I think this is opening up our consciousness to welcoming in help, welcoming in support, and welcoming in the awe of understanding how this beautiful world can work in the good energy of it all. Okay, so I have a chapter in my book, it's called Brandy, and um, it's named after a beloved um, uh, dog. I'm trying to remember, it's a bull, a, a grand bull mastiff, a very big dog um, that I came to its side um, and was able to have the honor of sitting with as it took its last breath. She took her last breath. There's another story in my book that, um, is buried inside of another chapter. And it's about, uh, another really big dog. Uh, the breed is a Rottweiler and that Rottweiler's name was Rocky. And I was thinking about, the story of Rocky and the Rottweiler because it took place in Worcester, Massachusetts. And I was there last week for a book event. And I even spoke a little bit about this strange kind of part of my book that is probably uh, the toughest part of the book in terms of characters, because in most cases, I portray the essence of a character and I'm able to get to the root no matter how difficult the moment is we get to the root, which is love of any character. This is probably the one character, the only character in my book that did not eventually be revealed with love. And it was Rocky's captor, (laughs) the manager of the shelter where Rocky was taken. And I had to actually, I got to own this. I had to coerce the situation to save the dog's life. So I'm proud of it. Um, the ends uh, in this case may have justified it by the means, but it was a bigger metaphorical story about, well, the brother and sisterhood of this world and how we need to watch out for each other and even save people who would mean to do harm um, from making bad decisions. So there was this big Rottweiler um, in the, in the, in the chapter. Um, and it was a friend of my dog Boone 
who was a big Doberman shepherd mix. And they used to play together in the schoolyard behind our apartment um, back in the late 1990s. And so one day I showed up and um, Rocky wasn't there, but Rocky's owner was there. And I was like, where's Rocky? I kind of looked around to see if he would come running around the building or something. He said, oh no, Rocky just got picked up a few minutes ago. I came out here to meet Boone to play with Boone. And a police officer came by and said, our dog is not allowed to be off leash, even though it's in a fenced in area. Um, it was sort of an unofficial dog play group that everybody had been going to. And this neighbor of mine um, showed up and a police officer was were there and, and took the dog. And he was very, very distraught. And I was distraught as well. And, um, the mystery remained for a couple of hours, but in those hours we were able to get veterinarian records and landlord records and a bunch of details I didn't go into in the chapter. And um, it became really clear to me when he made a couple of phone calls on behalf of his dog, that the dog was not going to be released. And uh, this young man, I don't think he was ready to wrap his head around the fact that if the dog wasn't released as an adult Rottweiler, it's very likely they were going to, um, euthanized the dog. And for no reason, because I knew this dog, Rocky, healthy, happy, kind, gentle, fun dog. Um, whatever you think about dogs or not, it was also part of my friend and neighbor's family. And um, he loved this dog. So there's love and this dog should not have been taken away from him especially since the guidelines to getting the dog back was to show the veterinarian papers and to bring a leash and um, probably pay a fee and pick the dog up. None of these options were being made available to my friend. And so I said, hmm, I kind of smell a rat here and I'm going to go and do this on your behalf and see what happens. Um, I did. And it's in the book and I end up getting the dog back, but it's an ugly, ugly lesson for me about, um, well, I would just say there was a level of callousness and cruelty and, you know, Rocky's I'm sure long gone. The story is well over 20 years now. And, uh, but I'm glad that Rocky's life was saved that particular day. Um, so yesterday I, was thinking about synchronicity and serendipity and wanting to welcome more unexpected blessings into my life and actually needing a few unexpected blessings in, in my life. Um, things that I don't ex understand or expect or can explain um, need to keep pouring into my life. Otherwise, I'll find myself stuck in a cycle of not understanding, rumination, trying to figure things out and try to fix things. Can we relate to that? Trying to figure things out, trying to fix things, trying to figure things out and fix things. Um, high expectations, trying to meet those expectations. That's another way of fixing things. Like, uh, So many, many moving parts in my life right now. And I guess I put out a prayer. I guess I put out a prayer. Well, who would have known that that prayer would have been answered by a Rottweiler in my path, right in my path, as I was driving up Washington Street, 
every town has Washington Street. And I was driving up my Washington Street. And there was a big Rottweiler that looked exactly like Rocky standing in front of me. I would have thought it was a ghost of Rocky, except that the collar was a little bit different. And um, I think this dog was female. She, I think. I'm not sure. I later found out her name was Bear, which sounds like that could be a male name. Um, I didn't approach and get too quick, uh, too close to um, Bear, the Rottweiler. Um, but I was definitely aware of the synchronicity of my role in helping another dog not get injured, which turned out to be appropriate uh, because the dog would have gotten uh, hit by a car, almost did. I didn't really do anything to prevent it, except that I was in the process of trying to help. Um, What prevented it was somebody driving a red pickup truck, uh, hit the brakes really hard, and um, I I heard the screeching sound right when I blinked, and um, everything was okay. So I appreciate any drivers out there who go the extra mile, to not hurt or harm an animal. I do think that there's a consciousness among humans that we think that animals are um, just have this ability to kind of know what to do, even as we're pushing on the gas pedal. I'm surprised how many birds get hit by cars because they can fly away, but they need a a moment. They need a moment to bounce and fly. And um, more times than not, I think people don't even take that tiny little lift of their foot off the accelerator. Um, They say, well, let's see. Let's see how this animal can adapt to me rather than let's adapt to the natural physics of the situation, which is speed and flight, um, movement, and so forth. Anyway, I'm grateful to this red pickup truck because um, I don't think that they exactly slowed down until they had to hit the brakes, but I'm glad they did hit the brakes because that would have done a lot of harm, probably killed the dog, would have been traumatizing for everyone involved. So then uh, Bear got to the safely to the other side of the street and Bear disappeared. I didn't know where Bear went. And so I looked around and a woman walked out of her house. And I said, there's a large dog here. I, um, I, did you see it? And she goes, yes, I just let him into my house. So I guess it was a he, now that I think about it. See how storytelling goes? I thought it was a girl. Well, this is a bigger conversation about gender identity. Because um, it doesn't really matter. And the beautiful animals teach us how little gender matters. Um, truly, um, except for the pronouns when I'm speaking, uh, then we're trying to work that through as well. But I do not want to call a dog it. I don't think anyone's agreed that that's the best pronoun, although I'm sure I already have a few times and we refer to the dog as a noun, as an it. <sighs> and then I found out that the dog's name was Bear. So let's refer to Bear as Bear, Bear the Rottweiler. So I said to the owner, is Bear okay? And the owner said, yes, Bear just snuck out. Bear sneaks out quite a a bit. And a police officer came swinging by right at that moment. 
and he had a big smile on his face. He said, oh, when I heard that there was a Rottweiler up on the road up here, I knew that was must have been Bear. Bear snuck out again. And she said, yes. And I just stood in a state of kind of awe and synchronicity and serenity and serendipity. And I said, why do I get this beautiful reminder to jump in front of me today? Why did, why did Bear jump in front of me? Why did this Rottweiler jump in front of me again? And I thought about going back to the story. And the story that I'm going back to right now, I said out loud to a group of people that there is one character in my book that I had not found peace with. I had not found the essence and the goodness in the soul of this character. And this character was just doing his job. He was just doing his job. I did not agree with how he was doing his job. But at the end of the day, he did let me take Rocky home. He really, really did let me take Rocky home. And not only did he let me do that, he let me do that with the understanding that he knew I was probably lying because I wasn't the owner who had called early and, or, and had identified as the owner and who was on the police report as being the one who was with the dog when the dog was taken away. And so I keep thinking probably out of my own shame and guilt of the coercion of the desperation of the traumatic moment, trying to prevent a deeper trauma. I may keep thinking that there's something good versus bad right? Good versus bad, the pendulum swinging to the extremes. And in that mode, I have a story that I told, and I was telling it to the character in the book named Maggie. So it was a story within a story where I set myself up to be a bit of a superhero. And by doing so, I set this gentleman up to be a bit of a villain. And I set, um, the Rottweiler up to be the one who needed to be rescued. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the best way for us to be thinking in the future, folks. I'm not sure we should have all these dramatic arcs and these, and these plot twists and that there has to be a conflict. And there, um, there's only one way that these stories can be told. I'm not sure that, um, the educational system that's teaching us how to write stories and how to understand stories and um, how to watch a movie and, you know, know that there's a moment of crescendo, a moment of catalyst, and then the moment of resolve. So conflict, crescendo, catalyst, resolve. Huh. Is that the way life has to go? Because I know, I remember from a very young age, like third grade, that I was corrected on my paper if I could not identify the moment of conflict in order to finish the essay. And that's been grooved into the fabric of my life and the fabric of how I see storytelling. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that actually gets grooved in to the story, the hero's journey. The hero's journey is not about conflict and villain and superhero. The hero's journey is about having a moment of serendipity and synchronicity and a breakthrough moment, which is often called divine intervention. So you have what is, 
And if you approach it by not good, not bad, just is, then it's serenity. It's not even conflict. It's just, there's serenity to it. And you're dealing with what is. But what is can get really dreary after a while. There's another story of a farmer and a horse. Um, I may have told it. I'm going to tell it again right here. The horse was a donkey, actually, according to the story. And it's important that I say it's a donkey because the power animal spirit, this power spirit of donkey is known to be um, God, the God energy itself, God energy. God flows through donkey. And um, if you look at any great creation stories or divine intervention stories, oftentimes there is a donkey there. I was brought up in a Christian religion. And so the donkey was there too. The donkey was there at the birth and the donkey was there at the ride into Bethlehem and also the ride on Palm Sunday. So, um, which is before the crucifixion. Um, So anyway, let's go back to just donkey being donkey and donkey um, having this very kind of foolish reputation among the human ego because we think of donkey as stubborn, maybe even clumsy, maybe even lazy, which goes along with stubborn. Huh? Very, very opposite to the God energy that it represents, but that's another story for another day. The story for today is that the donkey fell into a ditch. The donkey fell into a ditch, a deep, deep ditch. And as the donkey fell into the ditch, um, all the neighbors were distraught. All the village people were distraught. So here we have the they again, the group. And they tried their hardest to uh, coax the, 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 the donkey out, um, to, uh, carry the donkey out. And then they even used a crane to lift the donkey out and the crane broke. And then they just gave up hope and it was getting dark and it was getting sad and it was getting despair. So their conflict was not being resolved. There's a conflict. There's a donkey stuck in a hole and the donkey was not being resolved. The donkey was not going to get out. Okay. So then because there's this great need for resolution, the villagers decided it is time for us to end the story. And the best way to end any story is with the end of life, the death of the donkey. And they decided what we will need to do is bury this donkey and the donkey will eventually die of being buried. Huh? So I'm listening to the story and I'm like, I really don't like the direction this story is going. However, I keep listening and they grab their shovels and they, as fast as possible, they decide we need to cover the ditch. The donkey's getting tired. It's lying down, surrendering, giving in to its own demise. It's never getting out of this ditch. Take a minute, take a deep breath, allow yourself to feel the part in your body that is the donkey that surrenders. The donkey that surrenders and says, I don't know what's next, but I need to rest. And then the donkey feels dirt, cold, muddy dirt flopped on its back. First one, then another, then another shovel full. 
This alerts the donkey. The donkey, and donkey's way of saying not good, not bad, just is. The donkey doesn't want the dirt on its back, so it shakes the dirt off. Shake, shake, shake. But the villagers are so busy trying to bury this donkey, they keep throwing more and more dirt on. Not good, not bad, just is. Shake, shake, shake. Not good, not bad, just is. Shake, shake, shake. Imagine yourself inside this ditch. Not good, not bad, just is. Shake, shake, shake. More mud, more dirt. The sound of the ch 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 of the shovels. Maybe the sound of everyone talking. Maybe they're getting louder because it's getting darker and they have to shout to each other across the way, not knowing exactly where anyone's st standing. Not good, not bad, just is. More dirt. Shake, shake, shake. <sighs> well, if anyone knows the story, what happens is by shaking the dirt off the donkey's back, the donkey creates a path for itself. The path right underneath its feet, stamp, stamping the dirt down. And slowly, what happened is because the donkey agreed to shake the dirt off the back of donkey's back. Shake, shake, shake. The dirt went underneath the donkey's feet, and the donkey was able to walk out of the ditch with the same amount of energy that would have also buried him. So I welcome you to thinking about serendipity, a good thing happening, serenity, a good thing happening, even though others may think it's a bad thing happening, and synchronicity, which is paying attention and believing that as you follow your own essence of who you are, you'll be able to link up one event to another event to another event. And so somehow Rottweiler energy came through yesterday for me to teach me that Rottweiler taught me how to shake, shake, shake. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And there's no reason I need to make a villain out of the story any more than I need to make myself a superhero. I don't know if I'd go back and rewrite that story. I told it the way I told it. I told it in the book as part of a narrative that was given to Maggie while we were navigating her story, walking home to her peaceful death or what we hoped would be a peaceful death and bringing peace and resolution beyond the measures of conflict. I really just wanted to open up this episode today um, with the idea that there's peace within us. And if we can play on the idea of synchronicity, pay attention to when more than one thing happens in your life. If you haven't seen a Rottweiler in a really long time, and then in three days time, everybody's talking about your Rottweiler. Um, episode, episode chapter in my book. And then I have a Rottweiler standing in front of me when I was kind of going the wrong way. Like I'd taken the wrong turn, gone home by mistake, but needed to go back out to the bank on a rainy day. Uh, the timing was um, way, way off schedule. There was no particular routine. So this Rottweiler appeared in my path, literally in my path. And I stopped. Not good, not bad, just is. I just did what felt right to me, which was to watch the Rottweiler, keep it as safe as possible until help was on the way. Shake, shake, shake. <laughs> so um, 
this episode is about serenity and synchronicity and serendipity. And um, that's all I have to say for today. I've said enough. I hope that you've taken in all the stories and now go out into your world, find your point of focus, find that calm inside of you, put out what you want and ask for on your hero's journey, and then allow the synchronicities to flow through. Allow the synchronicities to flow through. Don't miss your moment. You have the free will to miss every single moment and not experience bliss. You have the free will to not experience the bliss of the synchronizing universe. But as Joseph Campbell said, it's like a great waterfall right in front of you all the time. And all you need is to turn towards it with serenity, accepting the serendipity of this life and embracing the synchronistic synchronistic, um, images and messages as they come to you and stay curious people. Shake, 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 keep shaking it off. I'm Hillary Crowley. And thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the good energy healing show. Um, please remember to subscribe, um, spread the word, uh, share about the good energy healing show. I love doing this podcast and I plan to keep doing it for quite a while. Um, Thank you all for your support along the way and go ahead and have a beautiful day in this big, beautiful planet, this land of serendipity.